Strong Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is not a Ricky Baez weekend. We have a very special guest joining us today. Please welcome, all the way from sunny Central Florida, Wendy Sellers. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, welcome back to HR Talk, Wendy. It's good to see you. How are you doing? You too. I'm doing fantastic. Fresh off your national road tour. If I'm not mistaken, yes. is that right? Absolutely. 69 days on the road in my RV by myself. Oh, wow. We're, we're going to be getting into a lot of that coming up momentarily <laughs> because I really am dying to hear a lot about that. As, uh, <laughs> as I'm also sure that a lot of people out there are curious about what it takes to hold that down and maintain. But before we begin, how you been? How's the weather down there? What are you up to? Uh. Weather is, you know, typical hot, humid, hurricane on the way or already here, you know, all that stuff. And uh, everything, everything's good, man. Life's good. I, I, I just uh, having fun and loving what I'm doing and I can't complain. That's really what it comes down to. How many HR people out there could actually say they love what they're doing? I mean, you, <laughs> you can't beat that. At the end of the day, people hate HR, Wendy. They hate HR. They hate you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, even HR hates HR. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, someone that speaks the truth. Welcome to HR Talk. This is what I'm talking about right here. I brought this up uh, going back a few weeks with Ricky, how, you know, a lot of people really despise human resources. They can't get it out of their head. There's there's this block from the operations side, and they fall in these trains of thought and and these mindsets that oh, HR has got the God complex or oh, we don't need them. We don't need to invest. There's been some news articles recently about CEOs or, or C-suite level people pushing back saying, why are we paying HR so much right now? So before we get into the road trip, I want to ask you about that. I want to get your thoughts on that because I know that touches your heart near and dear. I just met with a, a friend. Uh, up where I live, who is in corporate HR. And we were just having this conversation over a few cocktails. And it's, I said, you know, I would not take your job ever again for a million dollars. Like I love being an HR consultant. It can also be very stressful because I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of companies and I got to remember everything and who's, you know, all their employees and everything. But yeah. uh, corporate HR during COVID, oh my goodness. I, I'm just... I would love to see the stats on how many people have left HR during the pandemic. You know, I know there's some people that have wanted to join HR and they always, people call me like, Hey, can you give me some advice? And you get like, yes, let me tell you the worst case scenarios. And then tell me if you still want to join HR <laughs> because people think we're, people think HR is magicians and that, you're supposed to be a corporate lawyer. Oh, and by the you're supposed to be the party planner. Oh, and by the way, you're supposed to know about compensation and benefits and engagement and this and that. And it's it's a lot. And for big, big companies, you know, at least you can at least pick a specialty, right? Maybe you're just you you only handle compensation or you only handle benefits or you only handle, you know, whatever it might be, um, uh, recruiting. But for small companies, you're usually a one-person show, and you're rarely qualified to even be that person. <laughs> so <laughs> it is it is definitely, um, I feel for anybody that's in corporate HR, I thought for sure that being an HR consultant during the pandemic that I would be like dead in the water, and I've been busier than ever because people that, companies that don't have HR are like, help, help me. Yeah. So it's a it's it's definitely on every side, but I, I think you're right. Most people, uh, most companies, um, people in companies, they don't like HR. But I think it's not necessarily always HR's fault. It's because there's they're overwhelmed. They're given too much to do, and they're also um, often not qualified. And they're like, "You, you're in HR now." <laughs> Well, if we think about this from the perspective of that uh, business owner, business leader who is looking to cut back and is taking those measures to say, look, we're we're going to reduce the size of the corporate HR staff, but we are going to make the investment in a independent practitioner or independent consultant to continue to help us out. That 
that puts people like you in a very unique advantage right now, especially during pandemic times where we are seeing those types of cutbacks. We are seeing those sh- those paradigm shifts uh, in, in paid disbursement and, and investing the money wisely. Now, I know what I'm about to ask is going to come from a slightly tainted perspective. And I say that with all due respect because you are that independent consultant. But when we think about that from the independent consultant side of the house, there's huge advantages to businesses signing on to an independent contractor such as yourself, right? Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, so here's the interesting thing. And and when I go and work with companies that do have HR and then they call me in for additional assistance, it's usually with training um, or it might be recruiting. But I, the first thing I do is I try to uh, let the HR person like, hey, I'm not here to replace you because I don't want your job for a million dollars in the world. Um, but what, you know, what are the problems and let's work on this together. And then I will, um, you know, try to turn the credit over to you at the end, because what I find is people will listen to me, an external person that knows nothing about their company, and they won't listen to the internal HR person. And so I think the internal HR person, it, you know, if they're assuming they're an actual HR person, and they're qualified, they get frustrated yeah. and they get worn down and they get disengaged. And then they either um, what I like to say, they either leave or they quit and they quit and stay. Right. right. They're still taking the paycheck, but they're all like just mad at the world and they should be. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, you know what? This is I, I'm going nowhere here. So it is a it is definitely difficult. I hope that my peers that are out there. Um, in the um, non-corporate world, so HR consultants, I hope they do do what I do and talk to the HR person and don't not necessarily believe the CEO or the CFO automatically because they're usually full of it and looking for somebody to blame and they blame the HR person. And it's like, well, you hired them, you promoted them, you gave them these responsibilities. So now grab a mirror. It's your fault, not theirs. <laughs> do, do you find that sometimes there's a, a shift at times where... <laughs> People might put blame more towards the independent consultant in cer- certain situations as to lay blame or take heat off of the, the internal corporate representative when something's going wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I can't say yes or no because everybody's different, right? I mean, right. Not, all, not all executives are evil, right? right. Um, you know, so it's, it is hard. It, it, everybody is different, you know. Uh, Sometimes my clients or people that want to be my clients surprise me with 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 going above and beyond and doing the right thing when I'm like, oh, I did not expect that to go that way. And then I'm like, OK, now I want to help you more. And then other times they do exactly what I thought they were going to do. And I don't work with them. I just fired a client last week because of unethical behavior. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not working with you. Go find a new person. Good luck with that. <laughs> One of the joys of being that independent entity though you you do have the pleasure of of picking and choosing who you work with and and the value of your time and whether or not you already have a a large enough client base and and maybe you might be at that point at some point where it's well currently i'm i'm not taking on new clients i could refer you to x y and z but let's work together in the future it's a unique bend when when you think about the jump though from the corporate world to that independent world, trying to start your business, trying to get it going. A lot of people have those rose-colored glasses. They're ready to face the world. They want to take it on. They're, they are going to be the next big thing. They've got a couple clients going. I'm, I'm going to get a bunch more. And maybe that contract was only for a quarter of the year. Now I don't know what to do. I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Macaroni and cheese <laughs> is not, not fitting for me. Uh, what, what's your advice to some people in those positions? That have so it's it's interesting that you bring this up because I actually just had this conversation with somebody maybe about two weeks ago. Um, I had a friend of a friend refer somebody to me that says they you know they there's want to dip their toe into the consulting world, but but of course they call me. Can I work for you? I'm like, no, I'm a one person show. There's no way. And uh, uh-uh. if I can't do it by myself, I'm not taking it on. But I told them like, listen, don't quit your day job. You have to you have to start this up on the side. Um, be prepared to be broke right? You might be fortunate like I was in the beginning and I got a huge client, but then I got wrapped back right back into that client's corporate world. And I'm like, wait, this is not what I wanted. So then when I finally put my foot down and said, no, um, you know, you, you do, you know, you eat macaroni and cheese. I eat ramen noodles. You know, it's like (laughs) (laughs) you you buy them by the caseload and you're like, throw a can of tuna in there. Well, rounded meal. right? Right. Right. But it, it is difficult. Um, it's, 
especially if you work for yourself, uh, like I do, because you now have to do the marketing, the sales, the accounting, and then you got to do the work. And while you're doing the work, you still got to go find out, find more work. So it is difficult. I love it. I love what I do. I'd rather be broke than uh, work for a corporation again. But I, I really do. I love my clients and I, I choose uh, who I work with. That wasn't always the case. Desperate times, right? Right. That you're like, okay, I got to take this person on and then you regret it. And I'm, and, and I've learned from that. So now I choose who I work with and, um, I do, you know, I, I have one of the lowest fees in the, in my field, but it's also because I love my clients and I'm like, listen, I'm not here to rip you off. I'm here to, um, help you. And then obviously make a decent living for myself. A lot of times people don't see, they, they only see the tip of the iceberg, right? They only see the service that they're getting sometimes at the time, and they don't see the rest of that iceberg that's underneath the water, just like an artist, just like a a musician or a painter. There's so much extra work, all those other things that you mentioned that you have to do in your free time. There's nobody else to do it. You're going to give that training class or session. You're building the materials. You're putting it together. You're customizing it for that specific client, and that just doesn't fall out of the sky. It it just doesn't. And there's value yeah. to that. Yeah, there is. And then you got you to be IT, you got to be software, you got to be everything. But I love, um, literally love what I do. And I'm, I'm in a good place. And I'm, you know, uh, after this trip, which we'll talk about in a minute, you know, I just kind of have a different perspective on life too. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to have fun and uh, help people and hopefully make a decent living at the same time too. Do you see a lot of people try the independent route and maybe not necessarily fail, but uh, dip back over, head back over to the corporate world because it's something they're more used to? Absolutely. I see it all the time. And you know what? There's no shame in it because it's hard. It is hard, hard, hard to run your own business, no matter what you're doing. I don't care if you're selling jewelry. I don't care if you're doing marketing, HR, whatever it is, but it is really hard. And there's a lot of pieces that um, I think we take for uh, granted in the corporate world because the company is actually paying for all the licenses and the insurances. And I'm not even talking about health insurance. I'm talking about like liability insurance and, you know, things yeah. like that. The websites, the emails, the social media ads, um, the SHRM memberships. Not that anybody wants to talk about SHRM, but <laughs> HRCI memberships, um, you know, all those memberships that I think a lot of us take for granted when we're with a corporate organization, even if they're not paying them fully, you still get a paycheck every week, even if you sucked at your job that week. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so at, at some point amidst all of, COVID-19, this entire pandemic, it's it's been absolutely crazy. It really has. I yeah. I know personally, you know, having the opportunity to work closely with you and and be contracted with you and fly down and MC your events over the years. I I can't thank you enough for continuing to call on me. I'm going to be honest with you in regards to that. Yep. But <laughs> how many flights were booked and canceled? How many things had to get rearranged? And I'm I'm just talking about you and me, you know, and trying to get those disrupt HR events going. But there there was an event that had a lot of steam across the country. There was a lot of momentum with disrupt HR. COVID-19 hits. There's not a whole lot of momentum anymore. Some people are still doing things here and there. A couple virtuals, a few things in person. Now it's mask or unmask and people are debating that. Now we know, you know, with uh, even if you have the shot, you may still get the the variants of covid there's there's a lot going on from your perspective you raised your hand when i said that about the covid you don't have to wait for me to stop interrupt me right away it's like an italian family dinner talk to me what's going on so so i got covid i've been vaccinated since march uh and because i have a healthcare uh, uh, a dementia uh, client uh senior living facility and so i was fortunate enough to get vaccinated you know, soon in the pandemic. And then, um, while on my cross country trip, I got COVID. And so I had it two, almost three weeks ago. Oh, wow. And, um, I wouldn't even known I'd had it. I thought it was just a summer cold. And, uh, I went on a a side trip. I was 
on a cross country trip and then I jumped on a plane and went on a side trip thinking that I was safe because I was vaccinated and there were seven of us and five out of the seven of us got COVID and we tested coming back into the country because we left the country coming back into the country, we tested negative. And then several days later, somebody on the trip said, I'm going to get tested and said, we're, we're both negative. And then I was like, I already know I have it because I've been coughing and not feeling well. And then I tested. And so five out of seven of us got COVID and we were all vaccinated um, for a very long time. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let me ask you something here. Now, neither you or I are our scientists, neither of us work for the CDC. We, we don't work for anyone that's making money off of vaccines and neither do either of us work for a politician that's benefiting from one side or the other uh, on a regular basis. People are saying if you've been vaccinated and you get the COVID or you don't get the COVID, no matter what, because you had the vaccine, you take that test, you're going to be positive no matter what, because you've got these antibodies or you, you've got a, something built up and that's not the case though right i mean no because then i te- no because then i test it negative yeah so, i mean that's the reality know, I mean, here you you're living this you tested you were tested yeah. and it's negative now now you have it i i don't get to talk to a lot of people anymore i i don't go much of anywhere <laughs> anymore i'm gonna be honest i hope you don't mind me asking this if you don't want to talk about it just say jc let's move on but what what exactly was it like? Uh, you, you're talking like... Uh, yeah, no, no, I'll definitely tell you. So I, I have to tell you, I am uh, so happy I was vaccinated because I because me and my friends were vaccinated. And, and this was a couple of weeks ago when it was like, okay, no mask, you're fine, you're vaccinated. Where quickly in the past, literally the past two weeks is, or the past couple of weeks has been when the government is now saying, whoops, wait a minute, you got to put the mask back on. Even yeah. if you're vaccinated, you can still get it. Um, I read something like even today, like, oh, you're, it's going to be rare that you get it. I'm like, no, that's not the case. But I didn't get, I, I literally just felt like I had a summer cold. And you just heard me cough. I still have this lingering cough. And I think I'm going to have it for a while. But it's, it's just annoying. It's not bad. Right. So I was down for about two days. And I don't even want to say down. I was just feeling yucky. I had a fever. Um, and then I was coughing. Whenever I talked, I was like, thought I like swallowed like a hamster. Oh, man. It was like, it was, it was like, oh, like gross. Yeah, and, yeah. But then if I didn't talk, I was fine. And I didn't have an appetite and, um, you know, just was generally feeling gross. But it, it passed very quickly. But then. I, um, I still had a quarantine. So that's why my, uh, my uh, road trip was like, okay, show's over. I'm headed back to Florida because I can't be around anybody. And then I just tried to, to rest and until I got a negative test. It's shocking. It it, it sets you back for a second when you start hearing it, when, when we start talking about it. Um, I, I do want to hear more about the trip before we go there though. I'm, I'm still absorbing everything that you're telling me right now, just because, it's it's so vastly different for many different people, you know. I I have friends and family in the healthcare field. Uh, they're nurses, and uh, some people have come down with it. Said it's just congestion, the coughing, kind of like that yeah. bad summer cold, like you're saying, uh, headache. Uh, the congestion can't get rid of it. Other people radically different. Like I don't know if it's different strains or uh, it affects people differently, but we've heard those stories where people have lost family members and loved ones and, yep. and they're in the hospital for extended periods of time and, and going through deep recoveries, et cetera. Amongst your journeys and, and travels and, and this whole thing, I feel fortunate to have you here today to where you could share yeah. this story and you didn't have to suffer through that end of things in your opinion. Oh, yeah. Do you feel that like getting vaccinated probably helped you through that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so if I wasn't vaccinated, I wouldn't even went on this trip across the country or this side trip as well. There's no way in heck. Now, if I knew what I knew today um, with all the news that is coming out now with the CDC and, and everything, I probably wouldn't. I probably still would have went on the cross country trip trip, but definitely would have um, been a little bit more cautious. I definitely wouldn't have went on the got on a plane and went to another country on a little trip yeah um but it, and it's it's just it's just interesting because it was 
literally just a couple weeks ago. Right. And and the news and the information has changed. So it's so scary. But, you know, connecting this to business, like, you know, we were all told, um, okay, get your employees vaccinated. And, and we really should be doing that. Um, and then you can lighten up on the on the restraints, you know, on the mask and all this. And now it's like, wait, hold on a minute. Wait a minute. You're still possibly going to get it when you're vaccinated you're just going to recover quickly, maybe, but you may give it to somebody who's not vaccinated because they can't get vaccinated right. uh, because of their age, their illness, what their religion, allergy, you know, their disability, or whatever. whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now we're right back to where we were. I don't want to say in the beginning of the pandemic because we didn't know what the heck was going on, but we're back to where we were a year ago of, okay, businesses, this is back on you. Because per OSHA and per the National Labor Relations Act, you have a duty to keep your employees safe. And that's a law. There's two laws. There's no, no way around that. There's two laws. You have a duty to keep your employees safe. And if you're not doing something um, regarding COVID, uh, whether it's masked or whatever it is, then you're not keeping your employees safe. And you're going to be, you know, you're going to be a case in one of my trainings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we, we've got that big push right now, the big push to get back to the office, get back to work, get back into uh, the brick and mortar. Even though you've been remote over the past year plus, let's let it go. It's time to get back in here. Leaders and managers want to see you in person. We're trying to ne negotiate this or, or figure it out with different unions across the country right now as well. There's hot, hot button debates taking place amongst many, many C-suites across the U.S. here. When we're looking at the, I, I don't want to know your client base. I'm, I'm not calling anyone out in particular. But when we think about remote work and people working from home versus mandating people coming back to the office, and we think about that control factor, you know, when an employer's let someone work from home for over a year, they're productive, they're successful, the business is still thriving. Do you feel that there's still a need to? To head down this path just yet, or, or maybe we wait a little bit and try to see what's going on with current events right now? Yeah, I mean, I know uh, I talked to someone, uh, I was actually a client this morning, uh, and uh, she was <laughs> saying that the company was about to start making people come back. Like, this was like just a couple weeks ago. Like, all right, we're going to have you come back in the workplace. And it went out to the memo, I think went out to managers for their feedback. And then there was a, like, then all this stuff blew up in the news. And then they were like, hold. And then they just never announced anything again. And I said, well, hopefully they don't and let everybody continue working from home. But I mean, you know, we, we, I think we all thought we were out of the, in the clear and we're not. Um, I see what's going to happen. It's already happening. We, you know, yeah, it's not that it's, it's going to happen. People don't feel safe. Um, they're already underpaid, let's face it. And they're not, they're not feeling safe. And they're saying, forget it. I'm just taking myself out of the workforce. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're collecting unemployment because maybe they're not qualified, but maybe they can say, you know, you know what, we'll sell our house. We'll live in a smaller house or we're, you know, whatever, we'll move into family members and we don't need to have, um, all the adults working. Maybe we just need to have one or something like that. But I, I see it you know, the big, the big debate that's in the news that, oh, people don't want to work. And it's like, people don't want to work where they're not safe and where they're not being paid. Right. I mean, we've already been working where we're not getting paid. We've already been working with no health insurance. And now you want me to work with a deadly virus? Peace out. I don't think so. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I, but now we also have the debates over locality pay. We have some of the news that came out from Google and the others saying, this is going to be a great segue to your trip, I promise talking about how if you want to work somewhere else other than the locality of which the business is located, be prepared to take a $10,000, a $20,000 cut or a locality-based cut, depending on where you live within the United States, for moving away or going to somewhere else. Why pay someone prices that would be fitting for San Francisco if they're going to move to Topeka, Kansas? So businesses yeah. are already talking about this. There's there's a lot behind that. What are your thoughts there with, with that pay differential debate yeah, that's so, going on? 
So I was looking at it yesterday and, um, you know, and it was just interesting. I think it was Google that was specifically even in California. They're like, if you leave the city and you go to Tahoe, which is also incredibly expensive to live in, it was like this huge drop in pay. And it's like, I want to know where they came up with that number. Now, you know, I think it's okay for new hires to say, we're going to, we're going to pay you, um, you know, based out of your region. But for current employees, you know, I, I don't know, like pay what the, what the role is worth, not the location, you know, before, uh, before COVID, this is going to like before in, you know, before DC, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. before COVID, you know, before COVID, you worked in person. So obviously you got paid by the zip code of where you worked, right? Or and where you lived. Right. Because you worked and lived in the in the same zip code area. Now if you're working from home, I don't think I don't like that it's based on where the person lives. What's the value of the job? Exactly. Because then you are you at some point taking advantage of people and and basing basing the value of the position and and getting more for what more bang for the buck, yet not raising the base salary of what the skills are required for that. So on the bottom end, right. while the fight for 15 is coming up and you've got more people making 15, 16, $17 an hour base for, for jobs where they are rightfully earning it, in the middle, you've got this locality debate going on where, okay, you know what, your job nationally is really only worth $50,000. But because you live here, we're going to pay you 80. Now, 80 is the going rate for the job across the country. Uh, you move to Topeka or Lake Tahoe. <laughs> we're going to cut you back down to 50. It doesn't add yeah. up. To, it it, it no. makes no sense. <laughs> What's going to happen is just, they're just going to lose people. They're going to lose their best people, right? Um, I mean, a, a good company, especially one that's profitable, would say, you know what? You're worth every dime. And I don't give a shit where you live, but we're going to make sure that, you know, this is the value that you bring to us and we're going to pay you that. I don't care where you live. I just want to make sure you have internet and you get on my Zoom call. You know? <laughs> that's, exactly. that's really it. You know, so it's, I, I don't, I understand where the executives came from, but they didn't think this through. They didn't talk to their HR department. They didn't talk to their, you know, people that their managers that are engaged. Managers say, I cannot do my job without Sarah over here. And now you're pushing her away because she wants a better quality of life. And you want her to have a crappy quality of life here. And, and now we're just going to lose her altogether to somebody else. And so, you know what? The good thing I could say is anybody who wants Google as employees, go get them. Here's your chance. <laughs> I love it. Where one woman located in the central Florida area, somewhere along the shores, we won't say exactly where, woke up one day and said to herself, Self, I'm vaccinated now. It's time to see the world a little bit. I've been planning a road trip for quite some time. And because I am an independent practitioner, I could pretty much do whatever the fuck I want. So she packed up <laughs> and decided it was to start the road trip of the century. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the story of Wendy Sellers, the HR lady traveling across the United States in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> Wendy, back to you. Okay, so to be fair, I thought it was the end of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all did I, by that point, right? Yeah, when, when when wheels were up, I was like, all right, this pandemic should be over by the time I get back. No, not so much. <laughs> so I, um, for the listeners who do not know me, uh, I am incredibly direct and transparent, and I really don't give a crap what anybody thinks about me. I live in my RV. I've been living in my RV for five years. I'm currently in the middle of renovating it. I have paint all over me because I was painting the floor before this, this session today. <laughs> um, before the pandemic, I was planning just a month road trip across the country to go see my friend from college in California. So I'm in Florida. 
I was going to go there. The pandemic hit, so that didn't work out. So I took the time to fix everything that was broken in the RV. So I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> more on that oh, in a no. minute. Oh, and, no. you know, re rebuilt the engine, all this stuff. Wow. Nice. Okay, wheel, wheels up. Uh, me and my, my parents actually rebuilt the engine, everything. You know, wheels up. I head out. Um, and I went to from Florida to California to all the lower states and then the next level up on the way back. And I was on the road by myself for 69 days. Um, while on the road, I jumped on a plane, did a little side trip to Jamaica, came back with COVID. And uh, I did have a mouse living with me for a couple for like about a week. So I wasn't complete, wasn't completely alone. <laughs> I, and it, <laughs> I have so many questions already. No, go ahead, please. <laughs> and anything that could possibly break has broken. My RV is going in the shop. I'm actually bringing it tomorrow to get one repair. And then it's going to the shop for two to three weeks. And I don't know where I'm going to live, a hotel or something during that time period to fix everything else that it was broke. So, wow. wow. Um, All right. So, so when you say you took, you took the southern route on the way to California, we're we're so we're talking Florida, Louisiana, Texas. I'm sure there's yep, some other geographic regions in between. And and you stopped along the way, or you were just like, I'm getting to Cali. No, no, it took me a month to get to Cali, and then nice. uh, a little bit more than a month to get back. Um, so all right, so I... Florida, Florida to Cali. Tell us about that and some of your favorite things along that trip, right there. So I stayed at if you if anybody's listening is an RVer. There's something called Harvest Host. What's that? And what it's, it's, uh, it's breweries and wineries. And then they've added golf courses and like museums and weird places that you join as an RVer. It's only like a hundred bucks a year or something. And you stay. So I stayed at wineries and Stop breweries it. across the United Stop States. It. That's yep. it. This is a thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I came back with, uh, 46 bottles of wine. Oh my God. How um, brutal. I, I I'm sure there was more, but, you know, I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed at one of the most interesting places that I stayed at in, dear Lord, I think it was, I want to say it was Louisiana. I don't remember. I, 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 I have a specific Facebook page um, uh, called My Backyard Today. Okay. And that's where anybody can go there and follow it. And I, I documented everything because I'm like, man, I'm in a different place every day. I'm not going to remember all this stuff. Yeah. And so one of my the most unique places was I stayed at a um, a swamp tour. So like, you know, like you get on get a boat, you do an alligator swamp tour. I stayed yeah, yeah, yeah. in the parking lot. So I pull up and they're like, they're waiting for me because there's a tour about to go. And I pull up, park my RV. They're like, yeah, park over there. Park it, jump out, dump, jump on the tour because I want to spend money. You know, I'm staying there for free. We do the swamp tour. I actually learned some really cool stuff on that tour. You know, see alligators, <laughs> all this stuff. And then I get back and they're like, you know, all the people <laughs> drive away. And then they just close and they leave me. And I'm in this field, like by myself <laughs> down this dirt road. And there's a swamp. And I was like, this is where I die. This is where I die right here. <laughs> So I'm like, <laughs> like you know, I, I had to do this is the theory, end. So, yeah. So I was like freaking out and then nothing happened. I was fine. So that was an interesting place. I drove my Wait RV. A second. So, and, so did you did you stay there the night in the RV? They like yeah. left. Oh, OK. I, for a second, yeah. I thought they like literally just left you in the swamp boat, said, hey, we'll be right back. No, no. No, okay. They just they just closed and they left. And I'm like, uh, I'm the only one and I'm on a dirt road. And, and I just, like, oh, I just learned all about every single gator and snake that's in this place. <laughs> and I'm going to stay right here. Great idea. Yeah. This is great. This is great. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I saw some humans walking by and I went out. I go, hey. And they just started laughing. They're like, there's a ton of houses down there. You just can't see them. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> 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 so then I uh, move on to Texas. I had a great time in Texas. I was in Texas for probably about a week went down to Galveston and I took a, I drove my RV on a ferry to get to the other Island. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was like, and, and people like, as I'm pulling it up in between two cars, they're just looking at me. I just wave. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional. Greatest, yeah. The greatest thing is when you see these people and you know, they, they, they look and they see a female drive 
driving it and I just wave at them, they immediately all stop and let me go ahead of them. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so um, then I hit, oh, let's see, where was I? Where was I? Arizona, so, I believe. Uh, hang on a second, though. My... Hang on a second, though. So Galveston, you're talking islands. There's like a, like a series of islands off the shore of Texas. Like a, it's a thing? Yeah. Yep. 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 And then there's you have to, to, in order to get from one side of Galveston to another, you have to get on a ferry or you have to go back in to Texas and drive around this <laughs> this big, you know, like the, I guess it's an inlet or whatever. So yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm taking the ferry. Yeah, so, cool. um yeah, it was that was kind of cool. Uh, ran, did you know? Uh, went and stayed at not the HR lady's house. Um, <laughs> oh, get her, out of here! Not, yeah, stayed at her house and uh, um, in her driveway, and that was cool. And then we met up again at a winery. All right, so hang um, on. I, I thought there was a deep seated hatred there. I thought she couldn't stand you, <laughs> and that there was going to be like knife <laughs> fights out back, like PBS versus NBC in Anchorman. You no. know. No, no. In fact, they're the ones that convinced me to jump on a plane and go with them to Jamaica. <laughs> that is awesome. That's so. Awesome. I left my RV. I I initially said no. I can't. I'm already on a. I'm already on a trip. I can't leave my RV somewhere. And then I broke down again. And I was facebooking it that I was broken down again. And she said, "You sure you don't want to go to Jamaica?" I said, "That's. I'm going." And so that I left my RV in some dude's yard in in Colorado and jumped on a plane and went to Jamaica with them. And uh, we all came back with COVID. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a planned attack. Cause she's out to get yeah. you. She's out to yeah, get you. Yeah. No, not even. Yeah. No. So, so, so this, yeah, and- this whole time up to this point before Nevada, we're, we're not just traveling, but we're also leisurely working or we are on vacation. So the, HR lady out. No, the first two weeks I worked 40 hours a week. I was, exhausted because then I was driving every day and everything. Then after that, my schedule, I already just had some commitments that I couldn't get out of. And then I worked pretty much every day, but only for about maybe two to three hours every day. Uh, A couple days I didn't work, but I even worked in Jamaica. I did a, I did two webinars from down there. Nice. Um, So yeah, I did a lot of webinars. Like as you can see right now, I just have like a, a gray wall, gray sheet behind me. It looks good. So yeah, I just, uh, I do all my webinars from my my living room in my RV. I've done many from truck stops on this trip, uh, Walmart parking lots, Cracker Barrel, um, you name it. And I've even done it where I'm like wedged on the side of my bed and I'm diving over the bed and the webinar starts. And I'm like, hello, how are you doing today? <laughs> Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Today we're here to talk about whatever, employee engagement. And nobody even knows. Now, my people that you know are are hiring me. They know, but everybody else doesn't know. So yeah. now a couple of clients, I would tell them they'd be like, "Where you at? Where you at?" You know, and and it'd be kind of cool. I'm like, "Well, I'm at a truck stop right now," and they're just like dying. So um, <laughs> it helped me realize that I can work from almost anywhere. And um, I also made a decision that I'm moving to the beach, um, like Stop effective it. immediately. Stop yep. it! Really? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like in Florida or the beaches yes, of Texas? Okay. St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, yeah? St. Pete Beach, yeah. You're going west. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Like an, uh, maybe two hours from where I am now. So It's beautiful. Um, I hear nothing but yeah. great things. I was out there one time. I got There was like a, uh, there was this outdoor restaurant bar type thing, like right on the beach. And uh, you eat your food, but you turn around and you're like literally on the beach. It is Yes. St. Pete's unbelievable. It's it's like so chill, and then you've so got the amazing the football, the hockey, the everything out there. It's it's great. And the coolest thing is, I met these people in Kansas in a field, um, at a winery, and we were both parking our RVs, and we we're both from here. They have a they have an RV spot in yard downtown St. Pete, and I'm in there. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. This but, is going to uh, be a I'll new setup. You, I know. I'll give you a quick uh, summary of all the things that happened. I, I had an amazing time. I met up with friends from college, uh, old coworkers. I made new friends, new business commitments. I, I'm, I'm moving, but I also blew a tire, lost my shocks, smashed my brakes, hit a car, lost my brakes, hit a car, hit a car. ripped the back of my RV. Yep, ripped, ripped the, the back RV? of my RV off. What? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I you gotta you gotta share one. a little bit. You gotta share a little bit. Here. Okay, so I I'm driving. 
and blew a tire. So that was the one that I was like, okay, let's just get these tires fixed. Lived in this guy's like um, mechanic shop for three days trying to get everything fixed. Uh, turns out my, um, was that the, was that the one? Yeah, that was the one. Um, my brake lines blew three brake lines. So my oh. one brake line, I didn't know it. So I was backing up in a parking lot and I, my brake lines went and I hit a car. Nobody was in it. My ladder attached to their vehicle. And when I pulled forward, decided to rip the back of my RV off. <gasps> and then, and then the ladder finally snapped. And then it went down the side and, and ripped the, you know, broke the doors too. Oh so, my gosh. um, I didn't know that I was all shaken up. I parked, I stayed in that parking lot overnight, got up to drive the next morning and realized I had no brakes and then pulled into so wait, literally so where I was that because they cut your brake lines while you were sleeping for wrecking their car. <laughs> no, you know, funny thing is these folks that the lady who I hit her car, she was, it was in a winery that I was staying at nicest people ever. She's face follows me on Facebook now and, and checking on me. And I was like, man, you are really good people. And she's like, hey, we got our we got our stuff fixed already. So yeah. Um, and then so I got the one brake line fixed, left, and realized I still don't have any brakes. So then I had to go to another place and get those brake lines fixed. Um, and then I blew my shock, smashed my window, air conditioner broke, mouse moved in for a while. Um, <laughs> mouse moved in. Come on, I know <laughs> you brought it up before. In. So what happened there? I don't know where it came from. It came from the desert. All of a sudden I saw poop on my, on the, on the counter. And I was like, Oh no. And so I left all the windows open, like, go out, go out. I left them water and everything like, please go out, go out, nothing. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Went to my friend's house in California and we went and got a a humane trap and wouldn't go in it. And then, you know, what got rid of it? Mothballs. I put mothballs around and it was like, I'm out of (laughs) here. And it took off. I'm so, surprised you just um, uh, didn't get a cat to combat things, you know? Well, I was almost got a cat on the trip, but I'm, I'm glad I didn't because then I didn't have air conditioning because my AC broke. Uh, a bunch of other things happened, too. So in, in the big picture, though, I, you know, like I said, I, I made new friends. I met up with old friends um, and people, you know, it, it was just an amazing trip. And I saw parts of the country that there was because I had a des- <laughs> weird destinations like I stayed at a wildlife safari that they just rescued Tiger Joe's um, tigers from there. So oh, the, they just the, the got the Tiger them, King, like, the, the Tiger King's tiger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They just got his tiger, some of his tigers, like the like the week before. So, oh my god! And they'll, they'll, they'll and so I stayed in that parking lot. That was another one that they picked up and left. They're like, "See you tomorrow," and all you hear is, Rawr! and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm not leaving this <laughs> RV tonight." <laughs> It was insane, but I just saw some places because of Harvest Host and because it was this destination. I went to these breweries and wineries and unique places that I would have never went to ever. And I, I met some really cool people and learned a lot about about you know those states and our country and everything. And what um, you know the biggest thing that I came back with is. The media hypes up a lot more than we that than what's actually going on out there. And for what the do, most what part, regard what do you mean? So regardless, what I found is regardless of your political uh, beliefs or religious beliefs too, um, that most people are good people. You know, that's that's really what I discovered. And that there's there's always the outlier. I did meet a few outliers out there. Like, okay, you're a little batshit crazy. I'll just stand over here. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> For the most part, it was, you know, I'd be having great conversations and people be offering to help and, and all this stuff. And then I'd find out that they're the complete opposite of like my political beliefs, but it didn't matter. Cause like we weren't, it, it's just a, it's just a political belief. It's all about usually about money, you know, right. it's not about um, wanting people to die and all this stuff. So I, the, the news does a really great job and social media does a really great job of getting people to hate each other. Right. And um, generally speaking, I think I think most people are good people. Um, it's just the ones that are that are really mouthy on there. And I'm mouthy, too. So, you know, but um, <laughs> I usually do it. I jump to defend people where other people sometimes they just want to think the worst of, of people. And um, right. so that, that was like my takeaway. Like, listen, the world, um, 
least the United States, we are we are messed up. Um, but it's not as bad as the news makes it seem and the and social media makes it seem. Well, and, and or it's not as bad as Florida. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, ah, cheap we'll just shot, kinda, cheap we'll shot. cross over there. Yeah. Florida, Texas, you know. <laughs> the only one you were yeah, missing was I, Ohio. You know, you had Florida yeah. and Texas. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So it was an amazing trip, amazing experience. Now my RV is going to be in the shop for a while because hey, of it all. Do, do you um, think that you picked up any clients along the way or any potential clients? I actually may have. Um, yeah, I actually, yeah, I met some uh, people in Utah that we both happened to be sitting outside at a patio waiting for this um, uh, uh, like uh, brewery to open. And I just, hey, can I sit with you while they you know, open? And started chatting and now we're like we're friends and we're trying to figure out how we can work together and everything and um you know so there was that and there was a few other a few other uh people that i ran into too they're like hey i know somebody that needs your training um something like that so it, it definitely absolutely did um there was some business taking place that's for sure <laughs> you've got so many different businesses out there people that have Definitely struggled through COVID-19, are still struggling right now as as everyone's trying to get back to work. But they're also moving into these new realms and new ways of, of working, right? And they, they may not be used to hiring someone that's halfway across the country. They may not be used to trying to expand their scope and reach to obtain that talent that's being let go from Google to pull them into their organization, this is a perfect time for an independent practitioner to get out there and do a cross-country road trip self-promoting themselves. You can't go wrong with that. This is an amazing <laughs> thing. It really is. And it's going to be interesting to see, like over the next year or so, though, too, what what the landscape is when it comes to business owners or leaders in, in medium to small-sized businesses and, and see where they want to go. There's, there's so many employment labor law changes, so many things that went into effect with keeping employees safe, so many things that the EEOC is continuing to come out with that sometimes the small business owner doesn't even think about, you know, but there's still value in contracting with someone to help you in that process. There really is. There really is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the way the world is going to, um, has already been pre-COVID and now, you know, during COVID and then post-COVID is going to be to use consultants, um, contractors. Uh, if we ever get any form of cheap or national healthcare, you know, I think a lot of there's going to be even a bigger exodus after COVID if we ever get to after COVID. But there's going to be a bigger exodus of people leaving the traditional jobs because many of them are just there because of healthcare or maybe retirement. So if our country yeah. ever gets their act together and says, okay, we're going to get something that truly is affordable for everybody. I think there's going to be a huge exodus and, and, and employers who aren't getting their act together now and treating their employees well, they're going to lose those folks because those folks are going to say, you know what, I can work for three or four companies and make the same amount of money and still get benefits over here or have less stress. Um, additionally, you know, COVID forced us to, to say, you know what, we can work from home and we will because we have no choice. For the companies that are saying we, we, we want you to come back, I think they're, they're, they're making a mistake. Um, I, for some positions, it might be necessary, but do you really need to be in the office five days a week? You know, usually not. Um, now, if your employees were not being effective during COVID um, while working from home, and you're saying, well, they weren't being effective and therefore, I want to bring them back now. Well, that's a management problem. Exactly. You weren't being effective leading them. Exactly. They, they were, their hands were tied. You told them to go at home and you didn't give them the tools or the processes or the training to do the job. And so it's a, it's a, not even a management issue. It's a leadership issue. Now, I do give a lot of people some grace because nobody planned for this, right? But right. come on now. It's been, it's been long enough. Get your act together. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think about that that perspective of of the leader training of people needing to move forward into the new digital space and and learn how to work with that digital workforce with the remote workforce with things that we've been doing for the past 20 25 years easily right 25 is on the edge it depends if your AOL dial up was good you know but <laughs> 
But at least for the past 20 years, people have been doing this on the regular. And it's, as of right now, brand new to some people. So it's going to take some time. I get it's going to take some time. But there's things within leadership at many different organizations that could use a little bit of a wake-up call. Are there specific trainings or things that you do to help employers bolster their managerial skills when we're talking about remote workers? Yeah, so I actually just rolled out right before my trip um, or the beginning of my trip. I rolled out an online training course called Effective People Management. It's a crash course series, and it's 12 sessions, only 30 minutes a week. So 12 weeks, 30 minutes a week, and then there's a quiz at each one, and it's only 300 bucks. And the reason I did that is because I want to help individuals who want to, to get this training, but their companies won't pay for it. But then I also want to help companies who they do want to have their people trained, but they can't afford me even at my cheap rates. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm canning this. I'm packaging it. Um, some of my clients are doing it where they're doing the course and then I'm doing live coaching with the individual um, after each one. So there's that option too. But you know, there's a, there's a lot of options out there for people, either my courses or other people's courses, uh, for people to <laughs> say, you know what? We're promoting somebody to a manager. Let's get them training. Uh, but yep. what ends up happening, so I just had the same client today uh, speaking to one person. Actually, I spoke to both of them today. I had the same client, right? Uh, a person has been in management for two and a half years and has never gotten, gotten one manager training. And then at, just a couple weeks ago, they promoted this young individual to a supervisor, and they asked me to give them the training. I go, how about we give her the training too? Because you expect her to know all this stuff, but you're giving this man a training and you're not giving her the training. They said, okay, sign her up. And she's yeah. like, thank you. But I'm like, you think just because somebody's been a manager uh, or they've been maybe a take charge person that they miraculously know this, but you have to train people. Right. And you have to train them your way. So even with me doing this training, it's, it's it, I mean, personally speaking, I think it's great training. But it's not custom to your organization. Like right. I can't tell you how your processes run or your reviews run. I could just give you the basics of if I was in your company, this is what I would do. So I, I just think we expect people to go, okay, now you have a manager title. Uh, spin around and you're going to have these magical powers suddenly. And it's like, no, that does not work that way. <laughs> and then on top of that, on the same note, I also just um, wrote another book. Uh, I didn't really write another book, so don't get too excited, but I wrote a uh, booklet. So it's an 18-page booklet, and it's completely free on my website. It's about company culture and the five uh, five pillars of company culture. So I literally just loaded it uh, this past week. Feel free to go to my website, thehrlady.com, uh, go to the author tab, and you can download the free, the free booklet there. <laughs> You are now a new manager. You know everything you need to know. You do not need training. Yes, you do. You need training. And it's not even just about training one individual, right? It's not even just about getting that one person trained. When you think about your organization, you want to be on the same sheet of music. You want to be on the same page. If you're trying to evolve the culture, you're trying to enhance the culture, you're trying to improve your workforce, it's great that you're going to invest the money into one particular individual. It's very good, very great, very big. It's amazing. But if you move forward and you look at the next step and you think about getting everyone on the same track, Train them all at the same time. Get them up at the same time. That's my yeah, thought on that exactly. one. The second one for and, you here. And Go well, ahead. you know yes. what else? So, uh, train your employees too. <laughs> no, no, no. They just show up. They just show up and keep working them. <laughs> keep working them at cheap rates and locality differentials. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you don't know how to use that form? I didn't know this form existed. Nobody told me about it. Well, exactly. you should just know that. <laughs> we put it on the website. The uh, The five pillars. I don't want you to ruin the book. I, I'm, I'm not looking for a cheat sheet surprise, but do we know what the five pillars are? Are they written on the cover? Yeah, they're actually written on my website. It's a values, feedback, accountability, team unity, and communication. Those are good pillars. You can't beat those pillars. 
If you had to add a sixth pillar, what would it be? I know what well, it would be. Well, I do have on there, P.S., a thank you is free, and it fits every budget. <laughs> That's a good P.S. I, I, I was going to say the sixth, the sixth pillar, I mean, just, just invest in the right people. Invest in the, in the right people to train your people. Someone like Wendy, someone like others out there that can actually step in and make that magic happen. I'm not trying to do a hard sell on her. I just like her as a human, okay? But, like, seriously, at the end of the day, there's value in it. And and honestly, Wendy, this is just me, okay? Like you were talking about training that's customized for organizations. I love it. I really do. I love it when that training that's customized for organizations also aligns with modern society, right? <laughs> Because, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, you might have that customized training that you maybe paid a lot of money for 25 years ago. It might not be relevant anymore. You might still be pushing bad values or bad thought processes into the minds of these people that you're hiring. Oh, geez, yes. hiring. Brings up a question for you real quick. Well, we do still have a couple minutes on the back end of everything here. Hiring. When, when you picture... The, the perfect interview situation. Should it be very rigid, very hard-lined, no discussion? Answer the questions, and this is it. We won't even factor in the resume. You describe square <laughs> peg, square hole, nothing more. Or should it be an actual conversation amongst humans? It's a big topic on Twitter lately. Yeah, no, I, I literally just did a three-day management certification course that finished today. And in yesterday's uh, topic, we were discussing this. And so what I, what I say is, listen, um, hire slow, fire fast. And then I say sort of. Hire slow, but get all your ducks in order first. Make sure you have these questions and these conversations pre-built. You have your job description correct, your ad. You give all the information possible to the candidates so that the wrong candidate doesn't apply or that you could quickly rule them out. And then uh, I say fire fast, but that's more like, you know, make sure you're not doing anything illegal. But as soon as somebody's not working out, address it. And if it still doesn't work out, then get rid of them before yeah. your good people leave. Going back to your question, it should, I mean, there should be, um, you know, pre-vetted <laughs> pre questions so that you're asking the same questions of all the candidates. Why? Because you want to not ever get accused of discrimination or bias. With that said, we are two humans, and we're going to have a conversation. Right. So, yes, I have a list of five to ten questions, and out of those questions is going to come a natural conversation. And well, you're you going would to hope. get to know people. You would hope. You would hope. Right. Right. Like, no, don't talk. Yeah, okay, you don't want me to talk? I'm not working here. Good luck finding somebody else. Um, you do. You set up the culture, though, in the interview process. Yeah. And if your culture is, this is the way it is, and they're probably like, okay, well, I guess I could just take this paycheck, and right. I don't have to worry about actually engaging with these, right. these morons. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a dear friend of mine recently, someone that did post uh, one of these situations on Twitter, and what she had told me was she recently went to an interview, and in the interview, they said very, very clearly, this is a very rigid interview. There's not a lot of leeway. You answer the questions directly. And then we move on to the next one. You'll have your time for rebuttals if needed. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. Didn't get oh. the job at the end of the day, you know, but wow, that's a little harsh to me. That's not 2021. That's like 1951. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good luck finding the candidate that they're going to find is going to be the robot that um, does the bare minimum of the job. And that's it. And yeah. that's all they're required to do is the bare minimum. And they're not required to you know, interact or engage or go above and beyond. And that's it. Top talent. <laughs> Top talent. I tell you. Hey, uh, what are your final thoughts on the day today, as well as some of the best ways people could reach you? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, we haven't gotten together in a while, so it's, it's been awesome hanging out with you. Truly. Um, and, you know, uh, definitely if anybody wants to want to hear more on my trip, feel free to follow my Facebook page, My Backyard Today. Uh, you can have to scroll backwards uh, 70 days and figure out what the heck happened. Enjoy the laughs. <laughs> if you are interested in you know, connecting with me, uh, LinkedIn is probably the best way, but my website is thrlady.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Wendy Sellers, I'm telling you, can't go wrong. Always a pleasure having you on. 
And it's been a pleasure to be here for you, ladies and gentlemen. Ricky Bias this week on assignment. I'm JC with Wendy Sellers. It's been our pleasure. Stop by hrtalkpodcast.com or that Bias something whatever website. I forget the name of it. HR Talk on uh, on all the social media thingies and, you know, all the stuff Ricky would normally say. On my end, you know, once again, drive safe. Have a good night. It's been a pleasure. Be careful where you're backing up and how many cars you destroy. <laughs> hey! <laughs> it wasn't a cheap shot. It was just real. It was reality. <laughs>